is the internet meme, Get Woke, Go Broke, true? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, culture critic, whimsical contrarian. And with me, as always, is my predictably perspicacious co-host, Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and amateur comedian. And I by can, amateur comedian... I can attest to this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get paid for it, but I do attempt to make my friends and significant others laugh as much as possible. With, you know, a 50% success rate. That's so, not know, bad. That's not <laughs> bad. No, that's not bad. Even Jerry Seinfeld doesn't do that all the time. That is true. He's like a 30% right now. <laughs> I just watched his new stand-up special. I liked it's, it. I liked it's it. It's Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know. Well, wait, this that wasn't even our blessings and curses. That was a freebie, folks. But he would have something to say on this issue we're talking about today, which is... Oh, yes. Today we are talking about the common internet phrase, get woke, go broke. We're asking if that is true. Uh, get woke, go broke is a modern phrase used to describe companies or uh, movies or TV shows or stories that push progressive messages and suffer financially as a result. The phrase was apparently first attributed to a paper written in 2018 by New York Times bestselling science fiction military fiction author John Ringo, but has since been used to analyze by you know, internet pundits and, and analysts uh, the backlash to brands like Gillette or uh, franchises like Ghostbusters and Star Wars or Doctor Who when they rebrand to be more feminist. And the huge recently, the huge ratings dropped when NBA adopted hard pro-Black Lives Matter stance. Others argue against the accuracy of the term, pointing to the financial success of films like The Invisible Man, Captain Marvel, and Black Panther, and brands like Nike. Nathan, as somebody who is both a principled Christian man and a greedy capitalist, do you see the phrase, get woke, go broke, as basically true or untrue? And how does that impact your decision of who to sell your soul to for profit? Well, me and my corporation that's worth ten trillion million dollars. We have a lot of thoughts on this. Yes. Um, this is an interesting, interesting subject because I'm thinking about this in relation to creating art because I am a filmmaker and writer, and so I'm thinking about when I when I write something. There's obviously a message I want to get across. Sure. There's something that's important to me that I want to convey. That being said, one of my biggest complaints with um, films about faith in the recent years have been, it seems that they're only message driven and ultimately that creates for art that isn't quite up to snuff. Now, we're not specifically talking about faith-based films, we're talking about anything, like you said, brands or movies or uh, what, or, or even sports teams that seem to do what is has been commonly referred to now as virtue signaling. Sure. At, at least in some sense of the word, that's what we're talking about. Right. And I think I think there's something else to be said for people who actually are passionate about these issues, um, and when they attach them to their films or books, they very often see that it doesn't it doesn't translate, even though right. So it's interesting to me this whole concept of virtue signaling and going woke and going broke and putting message before aesthetic and excellence. And I'm still trying to figure out what I think about all this, although. It's interesting. I had this story um, a while ago um, from someone who might have a better insight on this than I would in many ways. Now, I was down. Why aren't they on the podcast? <laughs> I don't know their name, and I heard this. <laughs> and I heard this conversation. Uh, I, I well, that's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was down in the I was down in the village 
uh, which is famously uh, a gay area of town here in New York. And I was listening to a man who was very openly gay talk to his friend and he said, you know, I've been seeing, this was in Pride Month a while ago, I've been seeing, you know, I was on the Macy's building, it was on Nike, it was on McDonald's, wherever you went, it was, um, we stand with pride, things like that. And and I, you know, I guess you would think that if you are a gay man or in that in that um, community, that'd be something you immediately like and are cheering for. And it's like, yes, I want to see all my favorite brands cheer my identity. And interestingly enough, I listened to him talk to his friend um, and he said, you know, sometimes it feels like they're using my identity as a way to make money. Mm, and he goes, yeah. that makes me feel uncomfortable and I don't like it. Yeah. And so that was really interesting to me to hear that point of view from a man who has brands around him uh, yeah. celebrating the thing that he lives uh, he lives out in this um, in this area of town. So I thought that was an interesting insight. And I had to think about myself um, and how I react to both ads, movies, um, uh, whatever it is that seem to be, and I think it boils down to this, that seem to be preaching. Because sure. I think yeah. that like Christian movies and like woke movies and brands, etc., uh, etc., et they are preaching a little bit. And I very often feel like people preach not because they necessarily care about the issue, but because they know, again, I'm using this, this phrase that's become zeitgeist, uh, because they, it will virtue signal, which will ultimately make them look good or have a benefit from doing it, meaning higher sales, higher popularity, right. higher status. So very often when I see these things, it usually comes off incredibly disingenuous to me. That, that's sure. my first reaction to most of it in culture. And then the second, I want to hear your thoughts, but after that, I want to get into I appreciate a little bit. That. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that. Yes. I'm probably just going to co-opt this and talk forever. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> but I also want to talk about people who genuinely believe in these right, and put right. in their art and why, why, why people who genuinely believe in some of these um, issues, when they make movies about them, it doesn't work and people don't actually want to see them. But on the uh, just on the top end about brands and such, very often I feel like it is disingenuous, and I feel like anything disingenuous, where a, a culture and a generation now talking about authenticity all the time, right. it seems inauthentic. Yeah, no, I think you you're, you make an excellent point. That there are many sides to this because, like, the phrase "get woke, go, go broke" is 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 talking about is not asking about whether or not it's authentic or anything like that. It's saying, yes. okay, once once you start a, trying to have a progressive message, there is a financial cost to it. And oftentimes it's it's done in a triumphalist way because it's from people who don't like who are, who are not progressive who are happy to see something when somebody starts pushing a progressive message then financially it failing. is interesting watching giant corporations the one percent well yes celebrate more progressive ideas that is interesting that is interesting and and so I think that there's um, but you're right so that there's there's a couple of issues going on here it's like one is you know is getting woke you know a a, a guarantee that you're going to fail absolutely not. You know, I mean, because like, you know, you pointed out like a lot of uh, corporations that start saying, hey, we celebrate gay pride, you know, things like that, uh, you know, they don't go broke because of that. Yeah. You know, there's a, you know, I, I listed, you know, people talking, you know, there's a lot of movies that, you know, part of, and also there's, there's a lot of parts of getting woke, like there's different, different in progressive ideology yeah. has a lot of things to it. In cases where you have like movies like, you know, Black Panther and Captain Marvel, which are woke in the sense that they're saying, okay, we want to have a more uh, expand, you know, superhero movies to yeah. more people, types of people than just straight white men. It's like, okay, yeah. like that is not something, that's been something that's been very financially successful. Absolutely. And now my thoughts on why that is. Yes, of course. And uh, as, as do we all. Um, <laughs> but, um, but there are circumstances where, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, but you have circumstances again, like, you know, the, the NBA and the, you know, having a much more pro-Black Lives Matter stance and also with 
particularly, you know, you have movie franchises like Ghostbusters or you have, um, or, you know, the Terminator or, uh, what was that? There's a movie, or Charlie's Angels, uh, that, uh, that go very, and, or Doctor Who particularly, you know, it's, they, they, they turn in a different direction that's more progressive and they start to see their ratings go down or financially unsuccessful. And one of the things that's, that's going on, you pointed out the inauthenticity. A lot of times these things, it feels like, okay, these messages are shoehorned. Yes. They're not actually authentically reflecting um, the, the uh, authentic artisticness or the stories or the characters. Or even what the company stands for, really. Right. So you know, that's was something that people were, uh, were, were talking about so with, with the Gillette uh, ads. When, once the, when the Gillette started doing this ad that was very highly critical of men. Yes. And it was like very and and men feel like hey like this is a brand that is about men and you're saying men are horrible yeah. and it's like <laughs> you know I don't know if that you're you're appreciating your target market. What's um, the thought process behind why why are they doing? This? Well, see, there's a couple of things going on. I think is is interesting. One is it's a question of audience because mm. oftentimes you know companies have different audiences. So you take a look at sort of like Doctor. Well, Doctor Who's actually more complex, but they they think okay. Our audience is the people who are buying our product, but our audience is also the people that we're meeting at cocktail parties. It's the people, the blue check marks on social media. It's like, you know, the people who are going to say you're a good person. It's the people we, and it's our friends, it's our neighbors. And those people want us to say, we'll have progressive messages. Yeah. And it's like, I want you to push a progressive message. And they're saying, okay, we want to do that. But the problem is then if you have the people who are actually bought in your product or different, have different values than the people who are the people who are your friends and neighbors, yeah. then if by appeasing one, you anger another. And so that's a problem. That is often a case. You, so this is like a really good example. You have the um, issue of um, female-led action films. Hmm. What's interesting is that you know, female-led action films, you know, you, female-led action films, their audience is primarily men. Yeah, is that, you know the, the, you look at um, charting with Dan uh, on Screen Junkies did a great a uh, episode on this where they actually because um, Elizabeth Banks was trying to explain away the uh, six, the lack of success of her new movie Charlie's Angels to oh, a certain yeah. degree. By, that was a movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Remember that one? That was important. Yeah. Um, by saying, oh well, you know, like men don't go see action movies, mm. and I was like, well, or no, no, excuse me, men don't go see female-led action films. And I was like, well, actually, that's that's not true. Men are the primary audience. And the thing is, there's been a shift in female-led action films to not just be showing a female lead in an action film that has to be cool, but to be one that denigrates men to hate men while you're doing that. What's that? I mean, Wonder Woman was I actually oh yeah loved Wonder Woman yeah, and I as a guy who loves superhero movies, who love action movies, enjoyed every bit of that movie. And I'll tell you what was interesting to me: I never felt um, like. I never felt that she... Uh, her being had, strong meant you had to be weak. Yeah, I, I never felt denigrated. I never right. felt attacked. Yeah. I just felt like she was her own unique hero and it didn't need to be strong at the at the expense of someone, a mother right. man being weak. And of course, like, Charlie's Angels was very anti-male yeah. film, as was, in many ways, uh, Birds of Prey, you know, the recent with Harley Quinn. And so like, you're seeing a trend where that's changing, where it's... Mm. And so it's like... And so the thing is, if women don't aren't as interested in going to see action films... And then you spend the whole movie denigrating the audience who is going to go see it. That's going to be a problem. On the other hand, you have like brands like Nike. If they take a very strong pro-Black Lives Matter stance, the people buying their shoes are the same audience who's going to appreciate that message. So, so there's a unity more, between yeah. that message. 
I wonder also, I've wondered this as far as brands and I'm moving yes. to more artistic expressions of yes. go woke and go broke. Um, I have noticed about brands. I feel like most of them are run in, like you mentioned, insular communities on the right. coast. You have um, Silicon Valley, you have Los yep. Angeles, yep. you have New York. Uh, and I'm not saying every business, but a lot of these are. No, every they, business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of them are very insular worlds in which politically, philosophically, everyone thinks the same things. So I think a lot of times they do these things where they get reflected. Like you, right. when you walk outside of New York, most people are going to have a progressive ideology. That's how right. they see the world. That's how they're going to move through the world and think about the world. And so if you are in that uh, city in that area in that in that community you're going to kind of start assuming that's right. how everyone thinks and so i imagine a lot of these brands put things out like the, yes. let's say the gillette and they're like oh everyone's going to love us right and we're going to get so much appreciation for this and i, I imagine there's sometimes surprise oh, that it doesn't go well wait hold on because not to bring up this whole argument again but i feel like they forget that there's a whole america in between right. los angeles and new york and they and because they're so insulated by their own world they don't have any context to know what the world outside of there looks like or would buy. Also, social media is a big factor in this because yes. people, they may think, okay, well, like let's look on social media and see what the real people are thinking. But Twitter does not represent most of the country and what yeah. it's like, and, or and certainly the loudest voices there. And so you look on Twitter and you think, okay, this is what America looks like and we have to base our business decisions well, look based at, on look Twitter, but every, it doesn't. Every celebrity, I'm not every celebrity, but... 90% of celebrities yeah. think a particular political and philosophical way, which I, which is fine. All right. Sure, that's, a yeah. whole episode, that's a whole other episode if you have a complaint about that. But it's just kind of a reality. Most of people in Hollywood, all the celebrities, all, most of the sports stars, most of, um, right. you know, a lot of what we see, like you said, constantly on Twitter, in the magazines, in the headlines, think a particular way. And so I wonder if sometimes it's even a trade off. Listen, maybe we won't get um, some people in the Midwest. Uh, buying our products or maybe they'll you know do a boycott our products but we will get a lot of free advertising from famous people yeah who will um essentially unpaid endorse us uh because we'll get some attention by well, doing it, this it, thing it's clapped for it's a virtue thing right right well also like i mean you know the the, the um like if we're talking about the movie industry like the movie industry trades mm. you know will pick up a progressive theme story like like one of the best ways to get into the trades is to say okay like you know um you, you you made this you know you you did this progressive cause like okay you did something that's diverse you did something yeah. that's feminist then you will get in the trades which will give free publicity for your film yeah and so and that's not like again that's not a bad thing that's how the business is run but one of the things that's, that's capitalism exactly <laughs> right the thing is the what we're interested in is is how information can get distorted so yes. it's like oh like because these people didn't uh, set out to not make money and that somehow they thought doing this they were going to make money and they got their information distorted because they were in communities that insulated them from a huge segment of the population. The, again, the, the term being bubble. Precisely. And the thing is, by the way, everyone is in a bubble. Oh, of course. I and I think sometimes we like to think, oh, those the coastal and, elites are in the bubble and the coastal elites are saying, oh, those flagger state Americans are bubble. Right. Everyone's in a bubble. I mean, if you go to church and you're yeah, if you go to your friend's house, if you live in, if you go to school, most everywhere you live is in a bubble, and it does take work to exit that bubble. That's again one of the podcasts. But I think a lot of these people who are making these decisions live in a bubble that's telling them one thing that doesn't give them vision or context outside of that. Right now, I want to get a little bit into the artistic side of things. Yes, and why movies that it, it, we 
listen, we live in an age where you just go online, you look at any of the headlines, you look at most of the media, look at most of um, the stars, the, the, we live in an age that's very progressive, that people sure. generally across a lot, at least of public platforms that are progressive, why then, and, and presumably at least half the country yeah. thinks one way or, or the other about something, why then when people make movies celebrating or talking about uh, some of these issues, do they not perform well? And I'm not talking about, now you mentioned uh, movies like Black Panther and um, Captain, Marvel. Captain Marvel. Now, see, these movies, I don't, I wouldn't say fall into that category. Sure. Yes, there might have been some impetus to um, to rally around some of the feminist causes or the Black Lives Matter causes, but ultimately, I think both of these stories are are not they're not preaching at you. They're just sure. uh, instead they are, they're not hoping to preach you a message and to show how great they are. They're just stories of different people. I love Black Panther. Right, yeah. I think it's a great, beautiful movie, and I didn't feel preached to. I just think, oh, I get to see another kind of culture, another kind of um, experience. Right. Same with Captain Marvel. You know, these movies did very well, but I think actually the reason they did well was because they weren't trying to preach. They were just... Right. And in fact, in my own films, I actually do have a great desire to include diversity because I want there to yeah. be different experiences. I want there to be... I want us to expand our minds what people are and experience it. So I, I really do strive to have diversity in my movies, not in a way that I hope I get clapped for or, sure. a, you know, that I... No, you think it's the right thing to do. I think, yeah. it's a good, I think it's a good artistic choice. Yeah. But I do think there are some movies. I asked a question. I'm answering my question. Okay, fine. <laughs> but I do think there's some movies um, that aren't out just to show a different uh, thoughts process or right. just to celebrate something that they love. I think a lot of them come off very preachy sure. and very condescending, kind of like what we talked about yeah. with um, uh, the movies about action earlier and how they how they condescend them. And I do feel very condescended to sometimes when I watch these films. I'm not able just to enjoy them and see a different way of life or a different understanding about things. Yeah, no, I think that that's I think that that's true. I mean, I think so. There's a couple of different sides to this. I think you you hit on and, and explained well well um, one of them, which is the fact that you know a lot of times these movies or or shows or things fail because they don't feel authentic. You know, they don't because art art needs to be authentic in order for it to be real and true and powerful and connected. Yes. and to connect. You know, the um, uh, Dorothy Sayers talked about the fact she said that basically the the two three type ways of looking at art you know one is as sort of entertainment um another is as propaganda so it's like you got mm. messages and the, the way she defined propaganda was that it is you the the message is more important than the truth interesting and, and so the, you know so and but she said that real good art should be authentic expression of what you actually observe in the world and a lot of times that you get you know you get these feelings that oh you've got you're telling a story that is going to be um, is not an authentic expression of what you've actually observed in the world. It's like I, I'm not telling about this because I've actually seen it. I'm telling this because this is what I think it should be, and I want other people to explore this. It's like again, female-led action films. One thing is like, okay, I'm going to have a female-led action film, and all of the female characters are not going to resemble actual women who are like myself or I've actually observed. They're going to behave like I've seen men behave. Because this is why I want women to be allowed to be shown to be. So there's a certain degree of that that I think goes on. It doesn't feel authentic. It feels shoehorned. This is the thing that a lot of times people who don't like woke movies will use the expression shoehorned. And there's a thing is, typically, where people complain about this is not where people... Because people have pointed out, one of the most ideological and, and sort of progressive, heavy-handed um, movies out there and franchises is The Purge. 
franchise. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> oh, get, here, here we go. Okay, just, just get it out. Just you're you're going to be hearing a lot about this through October, but uh, my first acting role, Joseph, I was in The Purge. What? Were you? I was. You've never heard this. I've never heard this. And that's why you're so surprised right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. I never drop it all the time at parties, <laughs> and no matter what we're doing with people. Um, I was in The Purge. Um, I don't remember you in The dot, Purge. Dot, dot, dot. Why is that? Yes. <laughs> because I was wearing a mask the entire time. Oh. But, fun fact, the entire Purge ends the last shot is on my dead body oh. i'm the guy that i'm the guy with the axe just so you know so much you'll be hearing a lot about this in october exactly. don't yes, worry yes, yes. <laughs> so um and 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 i think that's uh, and the thing is the thing is it's because the purge is a franchise it's it's it started out that way it was only supposed to be a franchise that had its war its politics on its sleeve what people get irritated is where mm. it's like you take something like star wars which had you know male characters that people admire and and then change that to a franchise where all the male characters are sort of pathetic and 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 uh, dis deconstructed. Okay. And then or Ghostbusters, which was sort of a, a male dominated franchise, and then turned into you know a female dominated franchise. Or if you have Doctor Who, where they changed him into a female. And what's really fascinating about that is that there's a, I think the majority of fans of Doctor Who are female. But the thing is, Doctor Who is always sort of a like the the idealized boyfriend you know thing where he's like okay he's he's a fantasy character who takes you the female human on journeys and so like they mm. missed what was actually the appeal of doctor who was that he was the fantasy boyfriend character. you know community has an episode where they talk about this they go to a, a what well, it's their um copyright free version of of, of uh, Doctor Who, yeah, Doctor, <laughs> okay. oh, it's that's called Doctor Space Time. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> gee, that doesn't that, that, that I think you're probably right. But about the, that. go watch the just the intro. I can't remember what season, but I think it's probably in the fourth or fifth season. But it's really interesting because you have these two diehard um, fans, one black and one Muslim, by the way, oh, and right. they hate that they brought a female lead into their show. They said it ruined it, and of course, there's a character there who's kind of the um, the typical SJW, lovably so. Yeah, uh, and she's offended. And she says, how dare you hate that? And says it has nothing to do with us not wanting women to be in lead roles. Rather, it has to do with them not caring about their fans enough to know what we're actually here want. for. Yeah, yes. exactly. And there's, there's an interesting psychological phenomenon about this. I can't tell you where the study is. Um, so if you can find this study, please send it to us because I want to be able to use it to quote to people. But um, there's a study that talks about you know that if you – if you add something to somebody and then take it away, they will stop doing it even if they were doing it for free before. Like, so if somebody is like, okay, somebody is making sandcastles, the kid making sandcastles, and it does that, they do that every day, and the person says, hey, I'll give you a dollar to make sandcastles. If you give them that dollar for a week and then afterwards say, I'm not going to give you a dollar for to uh, make sandcastles anymore, they will stop making sandcastles. Even if they were fun to do it free. So the thing is, it's like, okay, if you, they had something, Doctor Who was this thing where we love Doctor Who for being Doctor Who. And now you took that away. If you had just created a different character, we might actually have loved that character and been able to enjoy both. And, I, and it works both ways. I think it's people oh, don't, don't understand as well. You know, you think of any female-driven show, um, say Veronica Mars or, or Gilmore Girls, if you'd said, we're going to do Gilmore Girls, but it's going to be two guys. Yeah. Then you'd be like, well, I'm not here for that. I'm, that's, I'm, that's not why I'm here. Yes. Yeah. And so it's not about the progressive issues. Oh, right. It's more about yeah, what you were saying about so that's so 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 oftentimes it's not the getting woke thing it's the fact that you have given somebody something and then taken it away mm. instead of creating a new thing 
that reflects honestly. So here's the two things: not it not being an honest reflection. So it gets to the sort of the 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 uh, the, the gay man who was talking, you know, was like, hey, these these corporations are using me. They don't really believe this. So it's the off lack of authenticity. And then the second, uh, taking away something good that somebody had. Because yeah. one of the things, like, you know, again, you know, whether or not you think of yourself as progressive, one of the things that progressives will often say is that, and that, you know, and that you hear feminists particularly say this, is like, is that we're not trying to take anything away from men. We're just trying to achieve equality. Achieve equality. Yeah. And the thing is, oftentimes what these franchise or things doing is they actually are achieving equality by trying to take something away, at least perceived from these other people. Yeah. It's interesting. I've noticed that, uh, very often we think of, um, we think that there's a limited resource and attention. Maybe there right. is, but to give someone attention, we have to get rid of someone else's attention right. or to take from them. And that's an interesting idea. And I've had complaints about this for a while that I don't care what you believe. You can believe and you can write your own movies, but it's interesting to me when you demand, that a great character is taken away so your character can be there rather than you going and making something a unique character all on their own that's really right good. exactly now, i'm interested joseph because there have been movies um in the past little while that uh, and I, I can't reference them all but um maybe there's ones called obvious child i think which was about sure. abortion while that was uh, a hit with critics um i from what i understand it wasn't a huge hit um, as far no, as it wasn't, it wasn't a, wasn't a huge, it was I mean, it was a small indie film like you know it's not but good. but so was the purge sure and that's a huge okay. hit and, and touche touche so I think that there's interesting interesting thing here why is it that very often the critics love okay. um, love these and could, could just go back to the insular thing sure in this world but why do people keep on making films expecting them to be really famous that are very much tied uh, really. Uh, Successful and famous. Sure. Also, like, you say, like, you know, um, God's Not Dead was a very preachy film. Is that a look at Unplanned? Yes. And, and yeah, it was a very preachy film, um, but they were very successful. So, okay, well, so there's there's a couple of things that I think that go on. Like, why do some preachy films do mm -hmm. well, and why do some preachy films not, and why do oftentimes the critics and the audiences, are they so split? Um I think, you know, again, it, there is the insular, again, you're living in different cultures, and different yeah. cultures have different value sets. I think it, it, there's a couple of questions going on here. Like, you know, so with something like Obvious Child, again, The Purge was an action horror film, and yeah. action horror films do well. Obvious Child was a weird indie rom-com-ish thing. Also, about abortion. About abortion. And the thing is, so... I mean, abortion is very interesting in particular because people, America has very, have very conflicted feelings about abortion. Yeah. And it's like they want, most people want people to be allowed to do it, but are not comfortable with the idea of it. And, so, and this, is not, this is not an idea we endorse. No. This is just, he's speaking of I'm speaking about audiences and what their that's, preferences That is the are. preference of most of America. Pref that's the preference of most of America. And so doing a rom-com, which is supposed to make you feel pleasant, about a subject that's unpleasant. Mm. And... My problem was with Obvious Child. I didn't like Obvious Child because it built the whole conflict around abortion, but kept trying to tell us the entire time that it was no big deal. And mm. so it's like, well, why do I care about your story if this whole thing is no big deal? But that's a whole other thing. I think mm. that, and I think that goes back to the Louis C.K. comments on it, right? Yeah. So I think that you, so you got those things like people like you know people like horror films, people like you know thrillers, and they don't like weird indie rom coms. So like I think that that's a thing about it. However, critics, but they do like indie rom coms. Right. Why does one about abortion? Because abortion woke? makes people uncomfortable, and people go to rom coms they don't want to feel as escapism. It's escapism. Okay. Yes. And I think but the thing is, indie the critics tend to focus a lot more on the mechanics of it. Like, was it done well? 
interesting. Not even subtle. Also, they are refreshed by seeing things they haven't seen a dozen times before because they see a lot more movies. And that also, could be it. and also, because met most pe- because people in cities tend to be more progressive, and you know, critics tend to be from cities. They're refreshed to see a pro-abortion film. Like, you know, so there's there's certain things like it. Just like part of the reason God's Not Dead was so successful is that they were, you know, certain audiences were refreshed to, to see, see their values, their values emulated on uh, uh, you know, emulate on screen. And there was just a lot of people, there were a lot more people willing to see that film who were feeling unrepresented that way. Because the thing is, even progressives are uncomfortable with abortion for the most part. Now, see, I I have an insight that I just came to Please. while we're talking about yes. this. I think there's something here, and I think it's this, that very often, I'm not saying you should, but very often people go to entertainment for escapism. Yeah. I think they go, and not escapism in the way that, you know, they're doing drugs and they need sure, sure, yeah. I mean, they need a break from the world. They need a break right. from every conversation they've had in their their, their office that where, they, yeah. where they feel stupid. They need a break from everybody screaming online, telling them what to believe on both and every right. side. Uh, and people go, I, I just want to watch a TV yeah. show or a movie and then remember that I like love. Remember that yeah. I like a, you know, two people falling in love. Or and, you know, for, very often for guys, it's, I want to watch a guy go beat the bad guys. Yeah. And I think sometimes woke films feel like you're invading a safe space. Yes. And you go, I'm going to escape a little bit and enjoy a rom-com and turn on an obvious child. Yeah. And here, maybe it's a good movie. I, I haven't actually seen it. You have. You can speak to that better. But here's a movie, and I just wanted to be here and remember a fun love story, and I'm being preached to. Right. And I have to deal with really heavy issues and feel like I need to feel bad if I don't agree with what's going on. Right. And you, and it's not even about, even if you agree with the film, even if you right. totally are sold out with whatever film you're watching, you're going, I just wanted to watch a fun story, an action story or a love story, and not be preached to about something I'm inundated with day after day after right. day. Well, as I was thinking, Marriage Story is a movie that I love. Loved. I thought it was, yes, it was very well done. Absolutely. It had little problems with the ending, but it was a very good mm-hmm. film. But I tried to get a bunch of my friends to watch it with me, and, and they were like, I, I've watched people go through this. I don't no. want to watch it by choice. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's, that's the way it is for a lot of people. And I think, I think you're right. I think that it's like, look, I... You know, I think there's also another another aspect to this. We talked about, you know, we we had an episode recently on postmodernism mm. with Alyssa Wilkinson. It was a great episode. You should watch it. Um, I'm not biased anyway. You should watch <laughs> it. Any all of our our our, our podcast Every episodes last one. exactly. Um, but I think um, one of the things in there is that in being in the postmodern era means that um, very few institutions have the power anymore to tell you you have to do something. You know, Interesting. governments are far more limited in what they can do. Religious institutions are far more limited in what they can do to coerce people to doing things they don't want to do. Which is why the the mediums that have the most power today are persuasion driven mediums, such uh, as the media, such as pressure driven. I'd so, say, yeah. But 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 well, that's the thing is that they're persuasion driven mediums because it's like you're going to come to us because we're beautiful, not because you're obligated to. And so the fashion industry journalism perhaps but entertainment particularly are and the thing is a lot of times what these stories are trying to do is they try to insert some of that guilt and obligation into a medium that's about persuasion and people oh i see interesting and so it's like you're trying to say i have to think this but you can't do that because we live in a postmodern era 
You instead have to make me want to because it's beautiful. See, that's interesting, and I'll and I'll wrap up with this. Um, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Um, it's interesting because w- w- earlier when I said escapism, the part of right. art, I do think that's a part of art, but. To be honest, I also want to go and experience books and movies yes. and things. I want to learn. I want to have my eyes open. Yes. I want. But what turns me off to the books, movies, and TV shows that are quote-unquote woke. Or, and same with Christian films that are yes. quote-unquote preaching to We me. have whole episodes devoted oh, to that. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the, what turns me off is what I love about art is it doesn't tell me. It shows me. Yeah. And I, it shows me something beautiful. And it'll ask me the question. Usually with art, it asks me questions. And I continue thinking about them, even when the movie and the book is over. And I find myself learning as I'm asking myself these questions and looking around in life. And I find that the art was a conduit for me doing that. But it was the story, it was the aesthetic, it was the beauty that naturally and does it. So I feel that, like we spoke earlier in the episode about inauthentic, uh, inauthentic yeah. uh, aspects that we see in this subject. I feel that when I watch movies or read books or watch TV shows that have these messages, I'm not reacting that they have a message. No. What I'm reacting to is how they're conveying the message. It's conveyed in very black and white terms. Yeah. I am told the message and I'm not shown it. I'm yeah. not invited into a story where I can make up my own mind or I can ask myself questions. I'm invited into a story where I'm told by the end of this, you need to believe and think this way. Yeah. And I think that's a mistake in going into art. Be you Christian, be you progressive, be you whoever you yeah. are. When you make art, make it about showing something. Make it about asking questions, yes. not inviting the uh, the... the viewer into a room where you can tell them something then they're going to feel tricked and they're also going to feel pressured and they're not going to want to engage with this kind of art again yeah that's i agree Sounds cool good. yes um I, also <laughs> like, Josh, I will say you know i've often used this metaphor regarding christian films which is that you know if you want that uh, any movie any story should be something where it does have values because as artists, that's the thing, is the good part of the anything that's getting woke or being Christian or conservative or whatever is it is values driven. Uh-huh. And it's like and values driven is good. You know, and, and there's we could do a whole thing about, you know, how actually people are pressuring corporations to be uh, reflecting their values nowadays, mm-hmm. regarding like in ways that they were not asking for because they hold church, but you know, there's what was it? There's a uh how was it Vox did an article, Our Corporations Become the New Arbiters of Public Morality, which yes. is Yes. Well, it's, it's like, you know, Chick-fil-A, we're expecting it to be, you know, be, be Christian and not just give us good chicken, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and, things, and so we are expecting that for because religion has, 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 has disappeared from the culture. But the thing is, you know, you need it. If it's art, it has to be authentic mm. and it has to be something that comes from your heart to say. And it also has to be something that I've used this metaphor before, but I will use it again because I like it. Um, if you're sitting down with someone and you're telling them, explaining to them, you know, if like you're a mom and you're talking to your child and explaining to them why they should be married, they're going to sit there and they're going to resent you for it. Mm. But if you're sitting down with your friend and who's just gotten married and they're explaining how beautiful it is to them and how much they love it, it's going to make you want to get married. If you, if you tell someone they need to get married whether you like it or not, it might be terrible. You just do it. Yes. Being like, oh, wow. But if you're saying, falling in love is beautiful and you get to do life with yes. a partner, then it's it's the old saying, it's um, promote what you love, don't just bash what you Exactly. Hate. And so like, whether you are a woke person or you're a conservative person or you're a Christian or secular, whatever your values are, 
Show me why they're beautiful. Don't tell mm. me why I'm a bad person if I don't agree with them. Show me why they're beautiful. Interesting. Yeah, and because that's the domain of art. Um, yeah, so I think that's pretty good. Cool. Yeah, blessings and curses. Blessings and curses. I'm still working on my curse. I have you one. Know, it's not perfect. I, that's but the thing. I had a bless. I don't have a curse. Also, so let me see. Um, I will you go. being the person who watches so many movies outside, <laughs> even outside your comfort zone, I feel this, like you must have. It's some true. Curses. I must have some curses. Well, I'll go with my bless. And I'll try to think if I can think of my curse. Okay. Uh, thing. Well, my bless is going to be one that you and Kelia actually recommended to me. Oh. It's. Uh, I just read my first Agatha Christie novel, nice. The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, and I did not intend to, but I finished it in a day. That's good. <laughs> it was so good, and I, I was—it's—it's it's deeply insightful about people and human beings and and men and women and how they relate to each other, and it's and it's got a brilliantly satisfying ending, and it's really great as an art form, like it mm. uses the literature. And the medium itself as a part of what's so uh, to tell the story and subvert your expectations. And so it's, 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 I think, you know, again, people talk about in film using the medium um, and uh, to tell the story and telling the story in a way that couldn't be told as well in any other form. And I'll say that this is a story that you could not tell it as well if it was not a book. And that's really, really so exciting to me to read something like that. So, yeah. So, Murder of Roger Ackroyd, if you want to uh, read a great mystery and you haven't cracked open Agatha Christie, then uh, definitely, definitely uh, check out. Is it preachy at all? Not at all. So, I mean, like, totally unwoke. Totally unwoke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are some ways it's a little bit woke, but like back 1950s woke. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not preachy. It's, it's great. You know, it, it's really great that way. Yeah. So good, cool. On brand for the episode, on theme for the episode. But no, honestly, just an amazing book. You should read it. So uh, I try to give myself time to think about what a curse could be that I have. And oh, what have I watched recently that I hated? Um, I have no. I, I liked that movie. I liked that. Watch that, and I liked that. So I have two blessings. Um, I will say. Uh, hmm, hmm. Should I do my bless? Do your blessings. Give me some time. Yes. <laughs> Okay. I am really unprepared for this week. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, wait. Now i got to remember my bless. Oh, yeah. No, no, start with okay, hold on. I had it. Yeah. This is terrible. Yes. Real time, guys. Real time. We're authentic here. Like, yeah. See, that's, that's how to be really Everyone's authentic. Let's go get a cup of coffee. Let me, think, let me think of something really woke that was actually really bad. You know, I can, I, it doesn't have to be recent. So I can just... I'll go... I'll go oh, for, no. I'll go have a couple of things. So I'll give some examples of really bad uh, examples of the world. I'll say... Um, Charlie's Angels. Elizabeth thinks Charlie's Angels. It was a really bad film in that it wanted to preach a message every second of it. And it was very well made in many ways. But like right from the beginning, they're having a discussion about feminism where they, you know, like they use this excuse to preach. They, they, and they, they, and one of the things that really is a problem with it is that because they want to show how strong women are, Mm. they never let them really um fail when they do fail it's actually just subverting we didn't realize how they were secretly you know behind it and doing well the whole time and so it's and it is one of those things where like all the men in there are either pathetic you know get killed or are evil and and it's it's one of those things where it's like this is this doesn't elevate women because it's like it doesn't show them actually being able to struggle or make mistakes Mm. in that way 
Um, and it doesn't, and it certainly is, is dismissive to men. So I think that's, a, that's one, you know, I didn't, I thought, you know, Birds of Prey had a lot of problems with it and for similar reasons. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I'll say those, those will be my, those will be my, uh, uh, those will be my curses. I'll say, for if you want a woke film that's, I mean, like a film that's great in terms of representing women and talking about really important social issues, uh, Invisible Man this year. I said oh, it before, yeah. I'll say it again, incredible film. That's a talks about domestic abuse and like believing women and stuff like that. But it's something that's authentic, a part of the story. They invite you into a story, exactly. Into experience. They're not preaching that exactly. And exactly. they make. And when you left, when I finished that movie, I was asking myself questions. What would I think if some? You, you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. It, it posed questions. It didn't force you into right. Um, it invited is, you into a way of th- looking at things, which is why I'm going to bless yes. a film that you disagree about, but. <laughs> I really like the movie um, Little Women, Mm -hmm. and Little Women, Little Women. I believe Greta Gerwig's uh, the past couple years came out, and this is a movie that's very bent towards feminist ideals, sure, um, and and more of quote unquote woke some messaging in there. But they invited me into this beautiful story with relationships, and actually, rather than just telling me women are important and should be listened to, they gave me context and showed me an experience of a woman. Not they weren't yelling at me, preaching at me. They showed me a story and a context, and they did it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And you feel for these characters. So when they're upset, you're upset. And mm-hmm. I just think it's a really wonderful example of how to share a message in your films, but yep. do it really excellently with a context and to show, not tell. Mm-hmm. And so, don't disagree with any of that. Okay, now, only she can learn how to not trip over herself with story structure. Oh yeah, she could. <laughs> the next time she might not get nominated for Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> that yes she can she can yeah there you go she'll not get nominated an oscar a second time that would be wonderful um, so and my curse is i think we've talked about this before on the um um i should i should probably should have said this in the superhero part uh superhero episode but the boys hmm. so this Good example. is Good one. an yeah. example of media in which it's a tv show about superheroes but it, it's kind of breaking down yeah uh, it, it shows them all to be it's terrible, deconstructive terrible. Yeah, yeah exactly Terrible, terrible. But Which I, is fine. Yeah, I'm interested in that. It'd be yeah. interesting to see the dark side of superheroes yeah. that are meant to we look good on so screen. have so many positive superhero things. It's fine to have a yeah. deconstructive one. They yeah. look good on screen to everybody, but they're terrible people behind yeah. when their camera's off. And so this was interesting to me. I watched it, but they have a few episodes where they take, um, how do I say it? They, they take groups, specifically Christians in one, and they don't address the real problems. They're yeah. not inviting me into a narrative or showing me the or what, what's wrong with it, or maybe things we could learn. Because I'm open to that. I'm a Christian guy right. who's open to hearing about how Christians can grow and learn and be better in our, in our culture. And all it did was just rely on stereotypes right. and telling me with every scene, you should think this about these people. Right. They're stupid, they're dumb, or they're evil. Yeah. And that's just not an effective way to share what you believe about something. Even if it's something that disagrees with what I believe, I want to see it done in an effective, yeah. interesting way that actually enlightens me, that educates me, that makes me see in new ways. And this was just every old trope you can possibly think of. Yeah. Let's go with that. And then we can bash on these people. And ultimately, it's just really ineffective because I'm going, I don't know Christians like this. Right. I've never met Christians like this. Yeah. And so it falls flat it, because it, it's not even realistic. It makes it easy to dismiss. There's a, yes. a line in the movie, I think, uh, what was it? Um, I forget what it is. I think Manhattan Story or something like that, where somebody says, you know, talking about a critic who said, Nobody likes the protagonist of Mansfield Park. And she said, well, I like her. 
And so it's like when you start describing the other person yes. and their views, and they say, well, well I know I, that's not what I believe, then yes. you lose credibility to be able to speak yes. about that. And that, I think that's what a lot of what films do now. Yes. They don't actually address the problems. with yeah. the, And I think more people would be willing to listen yeah. if they didn't just immediately just... And this is, goes both ways. Oh, we, of course. We talk about stereotypes. If you just throw up a stereotype or a straw man that has nothing to do with reality, then it's, like you said, it's more easily dismissed. And I think yeah. so many more people would Again. be one to whatever side you're on if you gave authentic critique in a more human and understanding way. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, that was the people, a lot of people's problem with God, God's not dead. It's like, look, yes. you're describing me, and I don't, I'm not like that. Yeah, atheists, in a lot of Christian movies, atheists are just portrayed as either stupid or, or evil. evil. Yep. And that's it. And and do you know what? I have tons of atheist friends who are intelligent and fun yeah. and interesting to talk to, and they don't hate me because I'm a Christian, and they're not trying to, like, steal my wallet or <laughs> kick me out of college. Like, they're just... Just people who think differently, and that's when you can have a conversation, yep. not when you're totally summing them up with a, a stereotype that isn't even close to truth. I'll, I'll give you another example, uh, just because we're getting on this. Knives Out. It's a very progressive mm. film talking about you know the evils of sort of inherited white privilege and you know the lauding the but it's uh, so the entertaining immig immigrant. But it's so good. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's it like is. that's that's like you know we're talking about like an obvious child trying to do you know it was like yes. it, like the purge was progressive, but it was successful because it was a horror. Thriller. Also, it was just fun. And Knives Out was a mystery that was so much fun. So if you're going to preach to me, make it fun. Exactly. Make me enjoy the time. Because again, I'm paying you for this privilege. Exactly. You know? so, so yeah. All right. Well, we had a, some good examples here. If you want to make a film that has messages, maybe start somewhere here. Start with authenticity and start with making us Listen enjoy Listen to us. Yes, we are the arbiters <laughs> of truth and success. You and, can tell and us. We do, um, we do uh, consultations yes. on how to make everything you're doing better. Yes. It's about, I don't know, seven, dollars $8,000 an exactly. hour. Exactly, yes. Oh, okay. our, our, our low price point. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> our premium package goes up from there. <laughs> yeah. It's in the millions. <laughs> so, and if people want to get in contact with us, where should they go, Nathan? Well, they can go to theoverthinkersjournal.com, and you can write us there. Uh, we're going to be posting more and more um, articles and reviews. We promise. We promise. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna, and so if you we have a place you can get in touch with us there, and you have to read, read more about what we're about and hear some of the old episodes and stuff like that. So please go to theoverthinkersjournal.com. If, and also, if you do like the podcast, yes. would you please consider leaving a review? It really helps us get out there, and we just love knowing um, that we're connecting with you guys, and it helps us know that you like what we're doing, and um, we've been so encouraged by uh, the messages we've gotten and the people uh, who reach out. So please reach out, too. We just love knowing that there's other people out there who love the stuff we do. Also, we have an online group. It's the, over, it's the Overthinkers on Facebook. It's a private group. And we are having, like, honestly, just tons and tons of fun. We've had seriously, we have hundreds and hundreds of people there with thousands of comments and tons of posts. We're all discussing things, arguing kindly, uh, thinking about things, and just nerding out and having fun. So please head to the Overthinkers group on Facebook. It's a blast. We'd love to have you there. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can go to nathanclarkson.me or find me on any social media. Just search my name, Nathan Clarkson. And Joseph, where can we get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me at josephholmstudios.com. You can find me on all the socials. And yes, we love to please uh, give us a review and keep in uh, keep in touch with us. If you're an overthinker like us, we are definitely want uh, want to be in touch with you. All right. Well, thank you very much. And as always, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.